Turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter number 7. Matthew chapter number 7. As you're turning, we're going to pray, and we'll get into the message tonight. Father, we are so thankful to have the privilege to be here tonight, and Lord, I know there are so many that are unable to be with us uh, this evening, and I pray, Lord, that you will uh, now guide our hearts and minds uh, to your word, and that you would uh, just comfort us uh, and lead us by your spirit. I pray, uh, Lord, as we look into your word tonight, that you'd help us uh, to be on this victory road in this life. I know many uh, that are in the midst of uh, struggles and trials and battles, and I pray uh, that you'd give us the strength, the comfort, the wisdom uh, that we need. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll just uh, speak to our hearts tonight. We certainly do need you every time uh, that we come to your word. We we come uh, anticipating what you have for us, and I pray uh, that you'd feed us from your word tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. <clears throat> Last week, we looked at the exchange in this matter of moving from victim to victor. And, you know, you can run off to the far country chasing happiness, or you can remain close to the Father. And the far country promises happiness. Make no mistake about it. Uh, sin uh, comes with it, gives you lots of false uh, promises. The far country promises happiness, but it leaves you hurting through wicked foolishness. And the Father's house provides happiness where you will find help through wise faith. And tonight I want us to consider why sticking close to the Heavenly Father is so much better than seeking the far country. So tonight we'll look at part 8 of this study on From Victim to Victor. And our title is The Establishment. The Establishment. Look with me, Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21 is where we'll start reading. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. And you'll notice if you have a Bible where the words of Christ are in red or like mine in blue, uh, you will find that this is Jesus speaking here uh, in our text. And here's what we read. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. It came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, 
for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Well, there are a lot of so-called scribes in our day. And boy, they want to teach you all sorts of things. And you realize really quick when you compare it to the Word of God that there is no authority. And we talked uh, last uh, Sunday night, two Sunday nights ago, about the Bible being our final authority, our sole authority in faith and practice. And so Jesus, the living Word of God, as He preaches to them and speaks to them the written Word of God, my goodness, there was authority there. What I want us to see tonight as we consider this matter of establishment, God not only desires for us to be victorious in our living, but to be happy as well. Now wait, not just happy, but blessed. Psalm 1, and I'll read it to you, you don't have to turn there. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 4. The Bible said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. It goes on to say, the ungodly are not so. There's a matter of being victorious in the Lord. There's a happiness there. There are blessings there. Psalm 40 and verse 4, the Bible says, Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. The word blessed or blessed means very happy. Perhaps you would think of it this way every time you would see that word in your Bible. You would just say happy, happy, happy. Very happy. Our victory and our happiness, though, is not controlled by circumstances and it's not dependent upon what we build. Look back at Matthew 7 at verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works. So there are those that are claiming to work for Christ who aren't. Now I want you to know that our victory, our happiness is not controlled. It's not dependent upon what we build. It's wholly dependent upon whom we build. Matthew 7 and verse 25 says, Founded upon a rock. Hmm. Psalm 18 and verse 2. The Bible says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Hey, we have to be founded upon the rock that is Christ. Matthew 7.23, Then will I profess unto them, you know, those that did, all of these works, those that were depending upon what they had built, then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. So our victory is wholly dependent upon whom we build. It's also dependent upon where 
we build. Psalm 1 and verse 3, the Bible says, planted by the rivers of water. Notice that, planted by. That means mm, founded. That means rooted. That means established. John 4 and verse 14, Jesus said, Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Hey, it's vitally important where we build. Jesus goes on to say uh, to those where he says, I never knew you. He goes on in verse 23 and says, Depart from me. What does that mean? They weren't planted by the rivers of water. They weren't founded upon the rock. Our victory is also wholly dependent upon how we build. Notice, not what we build, but how we build. Psalm 40 and verse 4, Maketh the Lord His trust. There has to be a dependence there. And in Matthew chapter 7, speaking of those uh, who were mm, depending on their own works, uh, Jesus goes on to say, mm, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And he says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. What you and I have to realize, what you and I have to remember is that our victory is dependent upon our decision to trust the Lord and then to obey the principles and instruction from His Word. Think of it this way. If we aren't built on Him, we can't build for Him. And it's the establishment of this foundation I want us to see clearly tonight. Specifically, what the foundation is made of, what the foundation manifests, and why the foundation matters. So first, let's observe some things from our text. My way of outline, let me give you a couple of things. Number one here is this, the similarity of the work. The similarity of the work. Jesus says in Verse 21, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter. In verse 24, you see something. It says that there's a man which built his house. And in verse 26, you see a man which built his house. Notice, we're not given the specifics of each house. All we're told is that two houses were built. Now, both of these met the qualifications to be classified as a house. You know, four walls and a roof, doors and windows. If you were to look up the technical now definition of what makes a house, that's what it says. And then there's a purpose of a house, to provide for habitation and to protect from the elements. We see something. We see this structure. It has four walls. It has a roof. There might be some doors. There might be some windows. And it's meant now to live in and it's meant to protect from the elements. Who was it that sent out the, the picture on social media? Uh, one of you is in here that sent it out and it was a shopping cart with like some pop-up tent on it. All right, y'all don't admit to it then. Uh, that'll be all right. But uh, <clears throat> Brother Bill doesn't remember, but it was him. 
I just wanted to volunteer before I volunteered it. But I saw that today and I was thinking, I was like, man, there's this, there's this, you know, canopy tent like thing in this shopping cart. And I'm like, well, that's standing room only. I couldn't live in that. Where in the world would you lay down? It just wouldn't happen. You know, so nope, that doesn't meet the qualification there of a house. But where we, where we see Jesus says that there was one man which built a house. There was another man which built a house. Now, both of these houses required a location. They required skill. They required materials and money to build and both were built. If you look in the verse, it says a man which built his house in both instances. It doesn't say a man that was planning to build his house. It doesn't say a man that was in the middle of building his house. But it says in both verses there was a man that built his house. And anyone that looked at either one could say, yep, that's a house. If you drive... Uh, down my road and look at the little yellow structure that's there with the brown shingles on it, I would hope that when you went by that you wouldn't say, you know, look at the landfill. I would hope that you would say, look, there's a house. (laughs) Notice now the appearance of two lives with different foundations can certainly appear to be the same. And you hear me tonight and hear it well because this is Jesus that's teaching this. You can look like a Christian. You can talk like a Christian. You can live like a Christian. But friend, you can do all of that and still not be in Christ and not have Christ in you. And it's vital now that that you have this right foundation. There's a lot of similarity in our day. There are a lot of people that got the talk just right and they say just the right things and they might act just the right way and you say, well, certainly they're Christians. Well, Jesus said that there are going to be many in that day that are going to say, Lord, we did all this for you. And He's going to say, I don't know you at all. Where will that person spend eternity? In hell. The problem... Not only will they spend eternity in hell, but everyone they deceive along the way. I want you to hear it tonight. The foundation is what's most vital in our life. Because, you, you know, you can say, you can walk up to somebody. Now, now, now watch this. I'm going to scare somebody tonight probably. I can tell you that I know Jesus. I can tell you that I'm saved and I have done both of those. But how do you really know? You can tell me that you're saved. And you can look like your house is all put together. How do I really know? But Jesus said that there is a vital truth here to see. There's something that makes a difference even though there's a similarity. Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in Thy name and in Thy name have cast out devils and in Thy name done many wonderful works and then will I profess unto them I never knew 
And I think it's about high time that we get back to being serious about this matter of being born again. It's not enough to talk about it. Now, now hear me, please, and hear me well tonight. You could, have, you could have been a member of this church since the first service. You, you, you could have been to every single church service, given every offering, participate in every activity, be a model member of the church. And if you're not saved, your eternity is not heaven. And I am convinced, I am convinced that there are a whole lot of people in our day that say one thing, but they're built on the wrong foundation. Now, look, I don't say that to say, aha, I'm better than they are. Mm -mm. I, I want them to be built on the right foundation. Now, I have, I have known people in my life who have played the game for years. And when it came time to when they realized, you know what, I can't really play this game anymore, they would rather quit altogether than get right with God because they were worried about what everybody was going to say. Oh, that, that ought not be. I want you to know tonight, if you're here, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've lived. I don't care what all you've done in the past. If you're here tonight and the Lord taps on your heart and says, Hey, you ain't saved. Get saved. We want you to. That's where the rejoicing comes in. Get on the right foundation. Now watch. Matthew chapter 23, later on, Jesus says this, Matthew 23, verses 27 and 28. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye are like unto whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye also appear, or outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within... Ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. And, and Jesus says that to say, look, there's a problem. There is indeed a, a, a serious problem. Because where does Jesus start His work? On the inside. And what's on the inside, what He works, manifests to the outside. It doesn't work the other way around. And if there's no work done on the inside, hey, guess what? Wrong foundation. Now hear me. You may fool people. You may fool your pals. You may fool your parents. You may fool this preacher. You may fool yourself. But friend, you'll never fool God. And what that means is if that's you, wrong foundation, you're just a fool. That, that's that's what that means. And I've had people uh, criticize me. Preacher, you shouldn't call anybody a fool. Jesus talked about calling me. I, I'm not calling them that. They're living that. Right. It's just what they are. Now, you can be wise. You can switch foundations. Right. 
The similarity of the work is what makes the devil's business so hard to fight against in this day. You know, the counterfeit, the best counterfeit is the one that it's the closest to the truth, but not true. That's why this is so vitally important, but let's talk now about number two, the sight of the work. We talked about the similarity of the work, but when we go now into number two, the sight of the work, everything's going to change. There's going to be uh, much difference here because in verse 24, the Bible says, upon a rock. And in verse 26, it says, upon the sand. Now, think with me a moment. It is easier to build on sand than it is on rock. Now, hang on. Let me ask you some questions. Is it harder to dig a hole in sand or in rock? Uh Of course, in rock. Boy, that was one nice thing about living in the south. There weren't all these rocks in the dirt. All you had to do was just go out there with a little shovel and a little pokey stick and you you could have a hole in no time. And here you can't dig two inches in the dirt, clank. I'm not equipped for this. You know, let me get a jackhammer. Is it faster to dig a hole in sand or in a rock? Is it cheaper to dig a hole in sand or in a rock? I'll tell you for sure it's cheaper. Dig a hole in sand, all you need is some piece of broke-off stick. Well, you're going to dig a hole in rock, you need jackhammers and dynamite and and them pile driver things and all them fun toys. (laughs) Now, we know it's easier. We, We know it's faster. We know it's cheaper to do all those things in the sand, but is it better to depend upon sand or upon rock? See, verse 24 says, the wise man built on the rock. Verse 26 says, the foolish man built on the sand. Now let me ask you a question. Is it harder to build and live according to the foolishness of this world or according to the wisdom of the Word? Think about that one for a little bit. Let me just go ahead and answer you. I'll answer it for you. It is much easier to go the path of least resistance and build your life according to the schemes of this world on this world's sinking sand. And it's much more difficult. And you know this to be the case. How many of you that I have talked to, that I have told you and you have told me, hey, you set out to do something for God and it seems there's roadblocks everywhere. There's struggles everywhere. There's obstacles everywhere. It's not easy. That's why we sing that song. It's not an easy road. But it's worth it. It's worth it. Look back up with me to Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate. Now that word straight does not mean mm, not crooked. What, What that word straight means is narrow, constricting. 
Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Why? Because it's easier to take the broad way. Here's what I want you to hear tonight. You know this to be true, and I just want to remind you of this tonight. You can build your life on anything you choose. You can build your life any way you want. You can build your life for any purpose you desire. It's your choice. But that does not mean that your choice is automatically a wise choice. It's the fool that abandons God to seek their own direction, their own desire, and their own dream. See, where you choose to build your life and what you choose to build your life upon are vitally important details that should be decided cautiously, not conveniently. Now you think with me for a moment, how much work goes in to preparing the foundation? And you say, okay, I'm going to build this house and this is where I want to build it. And you don't do any research and you don't do any, uh, you don't look into it. You just say, mm, this is what I want and this is where I'm going to build this physical house. And you go in there and you just start, you know, two by fours and two by eights and two by twelves and some plywood and bang, bang, bang. And you put this whole thing up and then you're like, you know what? After it's all built and you've painted on the inside, you know, I really think that I wanted this on the other side of the property. Now, unless you've got a whole neighborhood of Amish folks, they're not just going to lift that building up and move it over to the other side. It's a difficult thing to do. Whereas if you had spent some time from the beginning and said, where do I really want this? And spend some time thinking about that, then you're building in the right place. How many, and and you don't have to testify tonight, but how many of us, there have been times in our life where, you know, we just set out building things and we built them in the wrong place. And then when it was done, it was like, you know what, that, that... Well, that was a waste because I can't move it over here. And you say, well, what do I do? Well, the foolish thing to do is just stay there. And the wise thing to do is say, you know what? It isn't worth it. I'm just going to come over here and I'll just build some more. And you say, but no, that doesn't make any sense. But Jesus talks about that here in just a moment. If the site is wrong, If the foundation is weak, your life will be wasted and worthless no matter the expertise or the expense of the structure that's built. Proverbs 16.25, the Bible says, There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So we've seen the similarity of the work. We've seen the sight of the work. But notice with me now, number three, the strength of the work, the strength of the work. Now here's something very interesting. 
No details are given about the quality of the houses. One could have, you know, been built with quality spelled with a K. We put the K in quality. No details are given about the quality of the houses. The details are given about the quality of the foundations. That's what we see. That's what Jesus is saying. And again, this lets us know that where you build is more important than what you build. And the difference in strength is always found in the foundation. Now, both houses were standing with no problem. Say, how do you know? Because it says this man built his house and this man built his house. So they were both standing. On the surface, both would seem to be good places to live. Then the storm came. And notice again the similarity. Look at verse 25. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house. Look at verse 27. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house. Word for word the same. The circumstances did not come to reveal the condition of the house, but to show the capability of the foundation. The sand foundation was faulty and destroyed. The rock foundation was firm, it was fixed, and it was dependable. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter a man, woman, boy, girl, lost or saved. Each and every person will face the sunshine and the storms of life. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 45, Jesus says that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Do you see that? We, we all live this life. We all live in this sin-sick world. We all have good times. We all have bad times. We all have sunny days. Not many in Ohio. We all have stormy days. We're all going to face those. Lost and saved alike. We're going to face those as part of this life. The purpose is not to reward your self-sufficiency. The purpose is to reveal the strength of the foundation that you're standing on. Look, you're going to face the storm whether you're lost without Christ or saved and in Christ. But the difference is going to be when the storm comes, who are you standing upon? That makes the difference. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. Now, Let me give you some closing victorious truths to stand upon when you feel like a victim in your stormy trial. Before I give you those, let me go back for just a moment. Remember when I said maybe there was a time in your life and you built over here and 
you realize when you're done, mm, wrong foundation really shouldn't have built there. Said it's better just to walk away from that and go build. Why? Because the storm is going to come. The rain's going to come. The wind's going to come. The, the, the winds are going to beat against both. And the one that's built on the wrong foundation will fall. Wait. And great, it says, was the fall of it. Might as well just leave it because it's going to crumble anyway. Truth number one. Got three of them for you. Truth number one. Stand on Christ's sure foundation and your happiness will surely flourish. Remember, both houses face a storm. One stood, one fell. What made the difference? The foundation. The foundation. Stand on Christ's sure foundation and your happiness will surely flourish. Let me give you some scripture. Psalm 33, 12. Psalm 33, 12. Boy, we need to broadcast this all over the airwaves 24 hours a day in our land today. Psalm 33, 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Happy, happy, happy is the nation whose God is the Lord. Do you realize that even when the storms come, you can still be happy. Psalm 144, verse 15. Psalm 144, verse 15. Happy is that people that is in such a case, yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Psalm 146, verse 5. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. And it's foundation. Proverbs 16 and verse 20. Whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. If you didn't catch it from the first ones, well, Solomon comes out and says, look, let me just say it this way. If you trust in the Lord, you're going to be happy. If you really, wholly, fully, truly trust in the Lord, you're going to be happy. You say, well, how can I be? Because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. And joy is not um, dependent upon circumstance. Joy is an inner uh, peace, an inner happiness that you have because you're settled and you're stable and we're secure in God. And that's the joy that God gives to His children. So truth number one, stand on Christ, your foundation, your happiness will surely flourish doesn't mean you're going to be storm free but i will tell you this when my wife and i got married now see i can prove to you that we got married i got a piece of paper that that shows that and she reminds me of it all the time and uh, good you're laughing a little bit see happy when my wife and i got married we had a we, we bought a brand new single wide mobile home. 16 foot by 80 foot, three bedrooms, two bathrooms, vinyl sided, shingle roof, sheetrock walls. Boy, it was nice. You know, one that old trailer that I was used to seeing as a kid, you know, cause I, you know, that I, with them little rosette dots everywhere, you know, and all them trim, trim things and everything, you know, that the doors were only about that thick. And no, this was like a, a house and it, 
had wheels, but they took them off. So it was there. There it was. And they towed it out there, and boy, we were going to work on the foundation. Well, that created a problem in and of itself, and we don't have time to go into all that. But <laughs> if you could see the look on my wife's face now, you would understand. And boy, did we, we just, there were some issues. See, we wanted to have the, the, the land, we, we, we wanted it to be bulldozed and have a level spot till we could put that mobile home on. Well, somebody thought that level meant flat. And it was flat. But the ground was kind of like that. And so we said, well, what we'll do then is we'll just swing the trailer, you know, across this angle. And, and it'll be, fun. nope, that's, you know, then the one side's too close to the road. It, it was an ordeal. Needless to say, we put it there. They were, the guys that were there, no, there's no problem. We do this all the time. When they set that house up, the tongue on the one end was they had to dig the dirt for the tongue to sit in. 80 feet that way, I could walk under the mobile home. I tell you that to tell you this. It was set on these uh, concrete blocks that they made piers, and they put one this way and one that way, and you know, and then they and they stacked them up about yay high, put some boards under there, and they got the they you know jacked it up and they got it level and then they hammered these little triangle pieces of wood under there. I'm... Then they strapped her down, you know, so it'd stay in case of a hurricane. This is South Mississippi, don't forget. I could sit in the bathroom on that high end of the house, or my wife could, and I just want to preface that. And the one or the other of us could walk from one end to the other and I could watch the mouthwash in the bottle on the counter sit there and do this on a sunny day. So when the guy came on the news and said, there's a hurricane headed your way, we were gone. Because that was not a sure foundation. Now that thing survived. It never fell off its blocks. Thank God for that, you know. And it went through a few uh, hurricanes and all that. But my goodness, it was a whole lot different years later when we bought a house in North Mississippi. Brand new house built on a concrete slab, built to the, you know, the utmost code and, and all of that. And boy, you could jump up and down on that house and nothing would move. That was great. You know, this nice concrete floor. It was like, now, I'd trust this. In fact, we had a tornado that came and we could see it out of our front door. A tornado came through town. Terry and I are standing out on the front porch watching the tornado go by. You say, here's a, you would have done the same thing. (laughs) They tell you to go down the base. I want to see what's coming. It was down there. It was, it was, it was moving away from us. It was, it was all, I'd already driven through it on my way home from work. There was a difference in the foundations. You stand on Christ's sure foundation, your happiness will surely flourish. 
Truth number two. Boy, you're going to like this one. Get ready to say amen. Amen. Suffering hurts. Amen. That's not the end. Truth number two is this. Suffering hurts, but we can still be happy. James chapter 5 and verse 11, we count them happy which endure. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 14, if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. Remember, it's not the intensity of the storm, it's the integrity of the foundation. And if we're in Christ and standing on Christ, we don't have anything to worry about. You say, but preacher, I might lose my life. Okay. Jesus said you have everlasting life. The worst thing that's going to happen, which is going to be the best thing if you're saved, is you're just going to change your address. Boy, that house is going to be a lot nicer. 1 Peter 4.14 If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. Oh, really? If somebody calls me bad names and talks bad about me, and and all, it, if it's for the name of Christ, it says, "Happy are ye." No, we're happy when nobody's on. Well, why don't we just make the Lord happy and let Him worry about the rest? For the Spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, He is evil spoken of, but on your part, He's glorified. I say all that to say this, it's better to go through the storm. We're all going to face storms. It's better to go through the storm with Christ than without Him. Truth number three. Truth number three. Surviving the storm helps us realize the safety isn't found in our hard labor but in His loving hand. Surviving the storm helps us realize the safety isn't found in our hard labor, but in His loving hand. In Mark chapter number 6, verses 48 through 51, you'll recognize uh, as I start to read this to you, uh, and He saw them toiling in rowing. You'd remember, Jesus sent His disciples across the sea in the ship and He went uh, to pray. And the Bible says, He saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, He cometh unto them walking upon the sea. Now there, here's something very, mm, just, you know, it's right there and we miss it. The waves and the wind that the disciples were struggling in Jesus was strolling through. They're out there, oh, we're going to die in the storm. Jesus just walking along. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased. John sixteen thirty three. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. First John 4, 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. 
Can I encourage you tonight? Stop wrestling in the storm and start resting in the Savior. The storms are going to come. Just trust the Savior. Psalm chapter 40 and verse 2. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. Proverbs 12 and verse 3. A man shall not be... Let me just tell you, these next three verses are all verse 3. I find this quite interesting. So i give you that ahead of time. Proverbs 12, verse 3. A man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved. Proverbs 16 and verse 3. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Proverbs 24 and verse 3. Through wisdom is an house builded. I wonder where we would build the house. On the rock. Through wisdom is an house builded and by understanding it is established. We can build God's way. We can build upon His work. We can build by His word and be wise. Or we can go our own way and be wrecked. There's only two choices. There's only two foundations. You're either on the foundation of Christ or you're not. Romans chapter 10 and verse 3 says, For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. But many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not done all these wonderful works. And he'll say, I never knew you. See, the victor will stand upon the solid rock of Christ. Why do you think we sing, I'm on the winning side? If you're here tonight and saved and on that foundation of Christ, you already have the, like we sang tonight, victory in Jesus. The victor will stand upon the solid rock of Christ. The victim will be submerged in the sinking sand of crisis. You can build your life upon the rock of ages or be ruined altogether. I close with this. Wisely walk to happy victory through Christ by faith instead of foolishly walking away from Christ to remain a hurting victim.